Welcome to the Mission Daily. I'm Chad Grills. I'm joined by Ian Faison here in Palo Alto, California. What's up, man? Chad, are you a golfer? I, I went a couple times, but uh, wasn't quite. There's a thing. saying in golf that's better. It's better to be lucky than good. But okay. that saying has no bearing on anything outside of golf, because <laughs> that's what we're talking about today. We are we're talking and about what's in between your ears. That's a really, really good way to introduce it. I love it. So this is part one of the function that produces whatever you want. Dude, wait, I just realized there's another <laughs> golf expression. Um, it's basically like inches in golf is the six inches between your ears. So, but that's, that's really, really important to bring up because mindset is everything, how you treat yourself and how you treat your, your brain. That's, I mean, it's the most complicated object in the known universe. And most people just spend their life adding, you know, progressively more and more trauma to it. They just slowly over time, just kill their brain instead of uh, maybe worshiping and then honoring it like the uh, miracle that it is. So in part one here, we're going to present a little bit different way of thinking about yourself and what's in between your ears. So we are basically functions and Ian, you have a mathematical background. What's, uh, how would you define a function? You say, you, you said that You're like a, in mathematical yeah. traditions. Uh, you, uh, you, could I tell a quick math story? It's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So by no means was I a math whiz, but I skipped geometry never took it. I've never taken geometry. Pythagoras wants you to join his uh, Elucidian geometry cult. Sorry. Yeah. So I was good at algebra. And for some reason, I tested out of geometry. So I never took it. It was really weird. Um, not super good when you need to take the SAT, which is a callback to a few episodes uh, ago. But so so I skipped geometry. And, I, and basically, I got to junior year. And I took calculus. And I went to my professor or my, what's it called, counselor. And I was like, hey, I don't really want to take calculus or I've already taken A, B, and B, C, and I, mm. I really don't want to take, you know, another math class. And he's like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> Turns out it is not fine because you need to take four years of math when you do, when you apply to be an engineer Jeez. to colleges. So when you're applying for colleges or you're aspiring to do anything new, you have to start thinking uh, about treating yourself like a function. So you have inputs and you have outputs. And if you change the nature of the inputs... The outputs can change. And the exciting thing about a function is that the you can get ex- exponential type returns. It doesn't, it's not uh, linear. And that's where you get into really exciting territory. And, and people are functions like that. You can produce exponentially more value through some of the things that we talked about. Um, most excitingly, ideas. And it's becoming easier to capitalize on your ideas, develop them, sell them, and get proof of concept than it ever has before. In uh, you know, specifically, it's easier in all of these frontier industries that we've uh, we've been talking about. So this is something that Chad talks about a lot and we really wanted to put into a podcast episode as part of this overall find your mission 20 um thought experience. Well, really it's 40 episodes yeah. uh, of of podcasts. And today's episode and tomorrow's episode we're talking about this function. And I think Chad the way that he's talked about it in the past and what I think you'll all find very fascinating is it's a really interesting way to view yourself as this little mathematical equation where your inputs and your outputs equal each other. Yeah. And that 
what you're putting in is what you're going to get out. And that that is the kind of reductive part. But what you're putting in is like kind of the purpose of life. Like, what are we doing? Right. And so not to get like too woo woo on this stuff, but building your personal agency is something that like everyone struggles with, no matter who you are, from the highest CEOs down to, uh, you know, all of us sitting here in the studio tonight, like everyone does this. And one of the problems is that a lot of times we don't know how because we don't know what the input should be. Yeah. And there's a great quote that goes something like, it's easier to rule over a city than it is to rule over yourself. And if you start to explore concepts like agency and that you are a function that can produce whatever output, if you get conscious and pick the right inputs, uh, it gets really, really exciting. And you know, Yen mentioned woo-woo earlier. And so this is uh, this is not a function that helps you pick winning lottery numbers, although there are lots of people out there that have already found that. At least that's what they uh, that's what they tell me when I read those articles. Yeah, this is outbreak. anti-luck. <laughs> this is anti-luck. This uh, is not the golf and out. This and is it's not, not, it's better to be lucky than good. This is, it is better to steadfastly try to be good and try to be great to increase your inputs so that you can have exponential outputs. Yes. And it's uh, something that requires a lot of bravery to even explore because the idea that you possess the power to dictate your fate and uh, master circumstance and chance and um, generally uh, bend your world to your will and yourself and your actions, that's something that it's, um, I mean, it's, it's really hard to consider because it's easy to always look for a scapegoat and alibi that's outside of yourself, much harder to look yourself in the mirror and say, well, the reason I feel tired is because of these inputs. And so the food that you eat obviously is an input. The materials that you read is obviously an input. If you're uh, listening to a podcast where each day the subjects are um, Trump, North Korea, Trump, Russia, 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 Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, everything's horrible, World War III, you're not going to be in a state to produce great outputs. You're going to have a track record, a history of um, less than optimal inputs that are going to confuse and scramble your brain. And it's reactionary and it's really hard to be imaginative. It's really hard to create things when you're in that type of mindset. And if you're feeding your mind garbage and hate speech and topical nonsense that is not relevant, yeah, it is extremely hard to have high yield outputs. So yes. what are some other, what are other inputs that we're talking about? I think that just, um, you could start with information. And if there's a single takeaway that will transform the life of anyone who's listening to this, it's to, to get really, really serious and um, paranoid about the information and the things that you present yourself and your, your mind with. So that's um, the books you read, the magazines, like everything like that. And uh, out the next thing to layer on after you, because the information thing is a lot of people think that you should start with food or exercise or something like that. And oftentimes information is the easiest way to get going. And then once you have the new words, the new languages, um, the new inspirational messages or the new messages that you know help push you towards getting the right skill or whatever, like then you can take action. Then you can start to change some of the other things. But oftentimes information is the thing that stops everyone from, you know, exploring. Yeah, but what does that feel like though? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I, I, so I, I definitely don't know. Everybody has to experiment with it for themselves. Um, I know personally it's felt like uh relief. So when, so when I find the right information that answers a challenge, when I'm struggling to produce an output I want, and then I find the right input or 
I do some research and see, because sometimes the inputs are way, way too big to um, digest in the course of a month. Sometimes it takes a year. So maybe yeah. it's like a series of That's books. That's a good point. Maybe it's because uh, like I, I'm looking at uh, the stack of books that I've like carefully arranged, like all of those books fit together and they're um, I've bought them to solve a really hard cha- like business challenge. It's going to probably be like a multi-year challenge. Uh, and I know that these authors have made a lot of progress towards already solving that. There's literally eight people. So I'm looking at eight, roughly like eight books right now. And those eight people have devoted the better portion of their entire life. Many of those people were literal geniuses towards solving this problem. And I know for a fact that if I read these books over the course of the next year, my the outputs that I'm able to produce are going to completely change because I'm going to get the benefit of all of their uh, research and all of their small doxastic commitments where they started a business and then wrote down the insights or where they um, proposed a philosophical concept and were laughed out of their, uh, you know, their school and are burned at the stake as a heretic. You get the idea. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the type of thing where you rush to rush to tell your spouse thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't, you can't believe this thing that I learned today. Yeah. Cause sometimes too, it doesn't all have to be directed like that. Sometimes uh, some of the best information I've ever come across happens in a very um, synchronistic and yep, we said we weren't going to go woo woo. We're, re- we're right there. So <laughs> synchronicity, synchronicity is a concept introduced by Carl Jung, uh, but basically to categorize that type of events that feel almost like divinely plotted or that you can't make it up, the type of like coincidence that just pulls you out of your everyday experience and gives you a glimpse at the larger roadmap, the larger compass uh, and the larger vision for and purpose and meaning and, and all of those good things. So, you know, maybe you think about someone and they call. That's a simple example of uh, synchronicity. So, but, the, but what you said too about just, you know, getting that feeling of um, meaning where you just rush to tell somebody something, that's usually a really good sign that you've just encountered an important piece of information. I spent the past two days, not in, well, it depends when you listen to this, uh, but I was camping with my brother. And we were talking, you know, no, no cell phones, no anything like that, which is just great. I know that it's maybe cliche to be like, yeah, we need to unplug. But when you physically cannot access the internet or anything else, it's pretty great. That's the best way to do it. And uh, we're talking a lot about parenting. He has a um, young kid and just what parents do. And over and over and over again, our conversations over, we basically talked for like 48 hours, essentially. Over and over again, the thing that kept coming up was that like our dad always like didn't take life, doesn't take life too seriously and is always good at like play. Mm -hmm. And like my brother is really, really good at play. And that most adults that he sees that of his parents, his kids, um, friends, parents. Yeah. Just have can't do it. They cannot figure out how to play or have fun or things like that. And everything is so serious. And it just was something that like was such an important input to me of like this weekend yeah. where I'm just like, that is so true. And most, and it's such like, a, of like, what are the inputs in your life that you are doing to just straight up have fun? Yeah. And man, that's like, I, I think we've, one of the uh, more subliminal effects of media over the last a hundred years is um, it's really just drained people of an idea of agency or an idea that as people are shown more and more about what's happening or the quote unquote, what perfect looks like from around the world, it tends to disempower people because they they tend to feel that, oh, it's, there's no point in starting. There's no point in even trying to have fun. And I think in a way like, you know, pleasure, enjoying yourself and, and um, just having a good time and play 
have been demonized. Oh, absolutely. So aggressively when in actuality, like that's how you should be acting. That's how, what you should be doing if your life is going well. So him and his son play this game called Will It Burn? Where they just throw stuff into the fire. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that there's things in life that you should not be throwing into the fire. But we you don't say- know until you should, uh, I, I, I won't say that. No. <laughs> I won't say the rest of that. Um, full disclosure, we don't advocate going around fires. We don't advocate doing anything dangerous ever. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So um, turns out if you throw Sharpies into the fire, they're kind of like little candles. Yeah. And it's really funny. But it's like one of those things. Society tells you not to do that. If you, you don't throw stru- Sharpies into the fire. So this is an amazing, amazing point. Why? So if you, there's a book called The Structure of Scientific Revolutions where an author named Thomas Kuhn studies how technological innovations actually happen and it's through what you just cited. Generally, the big discoveries all come about in moments of silliness, play, drunken stupor, um, intoxicated states, altered states, peak states, um, you, yeah, you get the point. Yeah. The, the point being that when your mind is having a great time, when you're completely relaxed, uh, Bruce Lee called it no mind, cool things happen. And, yeah. And that is yeah. the ultimate input. Like if you were to have a takeaway from this, if those are the inputs in your life, you're on, you're on to something. Yes. And if, I mean, especially too, with the inputs, um, what you get joy from is, uh, generally something that's very suspect. I'm sure that there are a lot of people right now that suspect their pleasures and their proclivities and you know their weird eclectic interests and stuff like that are something to be uh, questioned when in actuality, they might be leading you in the exact direction you need to go. Um, so whether it's something small, like just um, buying better books or cutting out soda from your diet, you can instantly change the inputs that are dictating the outputs that you're going to create. And you're a function that can create whatever you decide to create. That's a pretty cool and pretty privileged position to be in. Yeah. And so basically to sum that up, there's two types of inputs. There's like raw materials. There's like fuel, right? Your body fuel. So that's like food and drink and all that sort of stuff. And then there's sensory inputs, which is like media, books, music, like stuff like that. Um, And so if you fail to monitor those things, then you will not produce as high outputs and that's it's Definitely. pretty much it's pretty much that. And those outputs are the things that we talked about: uh, grit, imagination, skills. It's health, it's wealth, it's wisdom, it's yeah. all of the things. It's being a better parent or spouse or whatever. If you're not filling those inputs with the correct things, then, like for example, if you're being triggered by two talking heads arguing on a show about some topic of the day, like you know. Jordan versus LeBron and they're arguing and you're like pissed off about it and you're going home to your family like that is not great. Yes. I mean, it's literally setting up what will like all the interactions that you're going to have later. And I think, too, it's it's fun to bring up that if you're ever in doubt about the inputs or wondering what inputs might be better uh, in a personalized way. So what inputs will personally help you get the outputs you want to check out examples of who is getting the outputs you want. So it's a simple, you know, in the self-improvement space, it's considered, it's called modeling or whatever. Some people call it reverse engineering. We kind of alluded to how you might do this to get to the frontier. But now you can start to think about like just picking out the people who have achieved the outputs you want and then studying what inputs that, you know, actually helped get them there. And this is, it's a little bit more difficult to find than people might otherwise suspect. 
um, because most media online sensationalizes the end result. They don't talk about the inputs that actually went into achieving that output, nor did they ask the person that got uh, a crazy output, what was the, you know, what were the, like the 12 defining moments or what were the 20 defining moments? Because, you know, they have limits on space, limits on uh, the constraints of the medium, all that good stuff. And yeah, you get to really interesting territory when, because the inputs might be, you know, a trip to Europe or the time in the Serengeti, just very, very weird things that you might not suspect. And the people have likely read specific books uh, and you can drill down and figure out, you know, what are the exact things they did to get to the next step. Um, that's just one way to get an idea about where to search. And it's okay to be questioning all these things. Like that's absolutely. the final piece. Like, absolutely. you know, Kamal Ravikant has a great quote about this where he says, the best people, they're afraid. They question themselves. Many, if you corner them, will admit that they wonder if they're good enough. But what separates them from the from the rest is that if they jump off a cliff or that they jump off the cliff anyway and sprout wings on the way down. Yeah, that's really, yeah, really, really salient. Um, awesome point. Um, so yeah, this has been part one of the function that produces whatever you want. It's a new look at yourself and opportunities. And um, one more quote. I'm not, am, am I quote topping here? I, I hope I'm not quote topping, but I just want to tie, tie in this because this is, um, yeah, just really important to remember. Uh, one of my favorite books is called uh, Illusions of a Reluctant Messiah by Richard Bach. And at the end of the book, <laughs> is just the best final page ever that I always want to stress because I never want the Mission Daily to come across as being didactic or too prescriptive as in like, you have to do this in order, never, never, because every, your situation is unique to you. So at the end of this book, Illusions of a Reluctant Messiah, the last page, you turn to it. You're looking for closure. You're looking for like, is everything going to be okay type thing. All it says in handwritten message too, that's basically sketched out is everything in this book might be wrong. That's the end. That's so great. Same (laughs) with this podcast. Absolutely. See you next time. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.